Well, hey everybody, it's Adam Shell, the pastor at Melbourne Heights, and welcome to our sermon podcast. And while we're at it, let me say Happy New Year. That's right, it's now officially the new year, and if you're like about 60% of the people in America, then you probably made a New Year's resolution. And almost all of our resolutions are focused on one thing, how we can make our lives better. But is that really all that you want in 2020? Do you really only want to make your life better, or do you want to make your life matter? Well, in this episode's sermon, we're going to be talking about the difference between making your life better and making your life matter. And we're also going to be talking about the one thing that you can do to really make your life matter this year. So let's listen to this episode's sermon. Well, it's the first Sunday of a brand new year. And I don't think that you can come to church, any church, on the first Sunday of a brand new year and not spend at least a little bit of time talking about New Year's resolutions already heard it in our children's sermon this morning. Now, I know that not everybody that is sitting inside of this room this morning makes New Year's resolutions, but according to Inc. Magazine, about 60% of Americans make resolutions each year. So that means that if you look at the person who is sitting on your left and you look at the person who is sitting on your right, there's a pretty good chance that two of you made resolutions this year. And what did you resolve to do? Well, I don't know what you resolved to do this year, but I can make a pretty good guess about what you may have resolved to do based on what the majority of people resolve to do each year. So once again, according to Inc. Magazine, 71% of people who make New Year's resolutions have resolved to diet or eat healthier this year. 65% of people who have made resolutions have resolved to exercise more. 54% of people resolve to just flat out lose weight. 32% of people resolve to save more money or to spend less money this upcoming year. 26% of people have resolved to learn a new skill or a new hobby. And 17% of people have resolved to read more this year. And all of those things, every one of these typical kind of resolutions, they're great to make. Every one of us could stand to be a little bit healthier. Every one of us could do a little bit better with our finances. Every one of us could pick up new hobbies, learn new skills, read more, and just work at becoming better all-around people. But of course, the sad thing is that 92% of people who make their New Year's resolutions can't keep those New Year's resolutions. But I don't really want to start this New Year off with that kind of negativity. So instead, I want you to imagine... I want you to imagine what life would be like if you were able to keep your New Year's resolutions this year. Whatever they may be, imagine what it would be like if you could keep your New Year's resolutions this year. Imagine what it would be like if you were able to eat healthier all year long. Imagine what it would be like if you were able to exercise more and to stick on that plan. Imagine what it would be like if you were able to drop some extra weight this year that's been hanging around for far too long. Imagine what it would be like to cut back on your spending and save a little bit more of your hard-earned money this year. Imagine what it would be like to spend less of your time watching TV and more of your time reading a book. Imagine. Imagine what kind of a difference keeping these resolutions would make in your life. Well, I just want to go on the record here this morning and say that I'm not the kind of person that makes New Year's resolutions. But at the beginning of each year, I do like to spend a little bit of time thinking back over the year that was and taking stock at where I'm at in life 
right now. And I was, I've spent some time over the last few days thinking back on 2019. I've realized that last year was actually a pretty good year for me. As I look back on 2019, I saw uh, that last year I ran over 300 miles over the course of the year, which is more than I've run at any point in my adult life. And thanks to running those extra miles last year, I'm also starting 2020 about 10 pounds lighter than I started 2019. I also looked back and I saw that last year I read 53 books, and we're not just talking like Dr. Seuss books here. I read 53 books that covered about 17,000 pages last year, which is more reading than I've done since I graduated seminary, at least. So without intentionally trying to do it, I actually managed to keep many of the resolutions that people make each year. And if you're the kind of person that wasn't able to keep your New Year's resolution, that may make you want to hit me after the service wraps up this morning. But I didn't tell you any of this stuff because I was trying to make you mad. I definitely didn't tell you any of this, this stuff because I want you to hit me when the service ends this morning. And I didn't tell you this stuff because I want to brag on myself. I told you about my 2019 for the same reason that Solomon shares his life experiences in the Bible in the book of Ecclesiastes. In the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon talks about everything that he experienced in life so that we can learn from him and so that we will listen to him when he tells us that so many of the things that we spend our lives chasing after, they don't really make our lives matter. And I can tell you from my own experience that the same thing is true for most of the New Year's resolutions that we make each year. In 2019, I exercised more than I have in my adult life. And what did I get from all of that extra running? Well, I got the satisfaction of logging those miles, and my doctor tells me that it's good for my cardiovascular health. But did all of that exercise make my life more meaningful? Not really. Or in 2019, I was able to lose about 10 pounds over the course of the year. And that did make my clothes fit a little bit better, but did it make my life more meaningful? No. Or in 2019, I read 53 books that covered the spectrum from J.R.R. Tolkien to Jack Reacher. But did reading any of these books make my life more meaningful? Maybe some, but not really. And I know that after saying all of that, that if you're the type of person that makes New Year's resolutions each year, that you probably want to hit me again because I just rained on your parade. And I get it. I get it. But I didn't say any of this to squelch your dreams. I didn't say any of this to keep you from trying to keep your resolutions this year. Because here's the truth. All the resolutions that I mentioned this morning and the resolutions that you've made for this year, they can make your life better. But there's a difference between making your life better and making your life matter. There's a difference between making your life better and making your life matter. And here's that difference. Making your life better is about improving your life for you. But making your life matter is about improving your life and improving the lives of others around you. Making your life better is about you, but making your life matter it's about the world beyond you. And I don't want you to get so caught up at the beginning of 2020 in doing things that make your life better that you never get around to doing the things that will make your life matter 
this year. So over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about what it is that really makes our lives matter. And we're going to talk about how we can live that kind of life so that we can make this world a better place. And we're going to start this morning by listening as Jesus tells us what really matters. So let me encourage you to go ahead and grab your Bible, whether you've got a printed one like mine or an app on your phone, and turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Now, the book of Matthew is one of four biographies of Jesus that we have in the New Testament. So inside of this book of Matthew, we're going to read about Jesus' birth and Jesus' life. We're going to read about his ministry and his miracles. We're going to read about his death and his resurrection. And we're also going to read some of Jesus' teachings for us. And that's what we're going to be looking at this morning, what Jesus has to teach us. So we're going to be taking a look at part of what Jesus teaches and the longest recorded sermon that we have inside of the Bible, a sermon that we usually refer to as the Sermon on the Mount. And inside of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus touches on a whole lot of different areas. But in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus helps us focus in on what really matters in life. So let's take a look at what Jesus has to say to us. Matthew chapter 6, we're going to start reading together in verse 24. Here's what Jesus says. It says, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be loyal to the one and have contempt for the other. You can't serve God and wealth. Therefore I say to you, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They don't sow seed or harvest grain or gather crops in their barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you worth much more than they are? Who among you by worrying can add a single moment to your life? And why do you worry about your clothes? Notice how the lilies in the field grow? They don't wear themselves out with work, and they don't spin cloth. But I say to you that even Solomon in all of his splendor wasn't dressed like one of these. If God dresses grass in the field so beautifully, even though it's a life day and tomorrow it's thrown into the furnace, won't God do much more for you, you people of weak faith? Therefore, don't worry. Don't worry and say, what are we going to eat and what are we going to drink or what are we going to wear? Gentiles long for all these things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. So let's take a break right here for just a second because... Up to this point in the passage, Jesus has been saying the same kind of things that I've been saying in this sermon already this morning. Jesus has been talking about the things that we spend so much of our lives chasing after, things that can make our lives better, but things that don't really make our lives matter. Because here's the truth. Your life is better if you don't have to worry about money. Your life is better if you never have to worry about where your next meal is going to come from. And your life is better if you don't have to think about the clothing that you're going to wear to stay warm when it's cold or dry when it's wet or cool when it's hot. But having money and having food and having the right clothing doesn't make your life matter. So in the next verse we're going to read, Matthew 6, 33, Jesus tells us what really makes your life matter. Here's what he says. Instead, Instead of chasing after wealth and food and money, instead of chasing after these things that make your life better, Jesus says, instead, seek first and foremost God's kingdom and God's righteousness, 
And all these things will be given to you as well. So what really matters? Jesus says that what really matters is God's kingdom and God's righteousness. What really matters is God's kingdom and God's righteousness. So, if we don't want, just want our lives to be better, if we want our lives to matter, if you want to make your life matter, then you have to make God the main thing in your life this year. If you want to make your life matter, then you have to make God the main thing in your life. And how do you do that? How do you make God the main thing in your life? Well, Jesus tells us that too. Jesus tells us that to make God the main thing in our lives, we have to seek God first and foremost. And I want to stop here with that thought about seeking God first and foremost. And I want to make sure that we all understand what Jesus is telling us here. And I want to do that because the word, see here, it doesn't seem to mean that much to us today. When I think of the word seek, do you, do you know what I think of when I hear that word? When I hear the word seek, all I can think about are those old seek and find books that I used to do when I was a kid. Like the old Where's Waldo books. You guys remember Where's Waldo? The guy with the glasses and the red and white striped stuff, all that things going on. Well, do you remember when you used to look at those Where's Waldo books? Or do you remember when you used to give them to your kids so that they would look at the Where's Waldo books? Because I remember. I remember every time that I ever looked at a, a Where's Waldo book. I remember why I had that book. Because the only time I ever pulled out a Where's Waldo book and tried to find Waldo was when I had absolutely nothing better to do. Okay? It was the lowest thing on my priority list. If there was nothing on TV, nothing I wanted to see on the internet, then maybe I'd go and I would pull out a Where's Waldo book. And that's because seeking Waldo, it just doesn't matter. And I can prove it to you this morning. In just a second, we're going to put up a page from a Where's Waldo book on the screen behind me this morning. And I'm going to give you a couple of seconds to try to find it. And just so you know, we're making this a little bit easier on you than it necessarily is. I'm going to show you about a quarter of the page from inside of the book, and I promise Waldo is on this quarter of the page. And I'm going to give you a few seconds to try to find him, okay? So, David, let's go ahead and put the picture up on the screen behind me now. And when you find Waldo in this picture, I just, I, I just want you to raise your hand up so we can see it, okay? Don't have to say anything, just raise your hand up when you find Waldo. Leave it up. All right. It seems like several of you have found Waldo now. Uh, so, so we'll go ahead and I'll just show you where Waldo is on the screen behind me. So go to the next one. There's Waldo down in that bottom right-hand corner as you're looking at it. Um, and as you see, he's, he's right below a kid who's about to fire off a cannon, which just proves to you how unimportant Waldo really is. And he's always the least interesting thing that's happening inside of these pictures, okay? So, so there's Waldo on the screen. Now, for those of you who had your hand up when you found Waldo, I, I have a question that I want to ask you this morning, okay? Did finding Waldo change your life? Did it? No. Didn't make one bit of difference in your life whatsoever. 
Okay, and for those of you who didn't find Waldo, those of you who hand, whose hands weren't up, did I just ruin your entire new year five days in because you couldn't find Waldo? No, of course not. Why? Because seeking Waldo just doesn't matter. So if you seek God the same way that you seek Waldo, then you're doing it wrong. So instead of thinking of seeking like a seek and find book, like a Where's Waldo book, I want you to imagine, I want you to think of it from a different perspective. <coughs> instead, of try, instead of thinking about it like finding Waldo in a Where's Waldo book, I want you to imagine that Jesus was physically sitting inside of this room this morning. What if Jesus was physically sitting in the front row of this church right now? What if you could physically reach out and touch Jesus, get a hug from Jesus, talk with Jesus? Would you treat Jesus differently than Waldo? Of course you would. Of course you would. If Jesus was physically sitting in this room with us this morning, we would have all gone running up to him the second that we realized that he was here. We would all be crowded around him trying to shake his hand or get a hug from him or take a selfie with him because Jesus is important. Jesus matters. And that's what Jesus is talking about when he says that we're to seek God first and foremost. We're not supposed to treat God like a Where's Waldo book that we only turn to when we're bored and we have nothing better to do? We're supposed to chase after God with everything that we have. And that's actually a better understanding of the Greek word that Jesus uses in this passage. The, word, the Greek word here is zeteo. And even though we usually translate this word inside of the Bible as seek, it's more than just seeking. It's going after something with everything that you have. Another passage where we find this, uh, this word, this root word, is in the parable of the lost coin that's found in Luke chapter 15. And in this parable, there is a woman who has ten silver coins, and she loses one of these coins. And when she loses one of these coins, she zeteos this coin. She tears her, heart, her house apart, sweeping out every corner, doing everything that she can to find that lost coin. Okay? So what, what does the word zeteo mean in that context? Let me help you understand it better. This woman had ten silver coins. She lost one of them. Imagine that you lost, that you misplaced 10% of your annual income. What would you do to find that 10% of your annual income that you lost? You would do everything that you possibly could because you need that to live off of. You would tear your house apart. You would go through every pants pocket and coat pocket in the entire house. You would do everything imaginable to find that money. And that's what the woman does. She chases after that coin with everything that she has until she finds it. That's how we're supposed to seek after God. Not like a Where's Waldo book that we pick up when it's convenient for us. But like a lost coin. We're supposed to chase after with everything that we have. We're supposed to seek God with everything that we've got. Now, next Sunday, we're going to start talking about what that looks like for us. Right now, I just want you to get your perspective right as we start into this new year. Because right now, there are a whole lot of different things that are vying for your attention. 
over the coming months. But there's only one thing that matters. So this year, I want to challenge you to commit yourself to keep the main thing the main thing in your life. Keep the main thing the main thing in your life. And that main thing is God. So commit yourself to chase after God. Commit yourself to seek after God with everything that you've got this year. See what a difference that makes. See how much that doesn't just make your life better, but how much it makes your life matter this year. Let's pray together. God, as we come together in this place this morning, I am thankful for everyone that is in this room, everyone that can hear my voice. Because God, everyone that is sitting in this room this morning, we've taken that first step to make you the main thing in our lives this year by just being in this place to worship you. God, because you know as this new year starts, there's a whole lot of different things that are vying for our attention. Some of us are getting ready to go back to work uh, tomorrow for the first time since the new year hit. Some of us are, are focused in on trying to keep these resolutions that we've made. Some of us are just worried about recovering from all of the chaos and commotion that comes at Christmas and the beginning of a new year, God. So you know there are a lot of different things that could have kept us out of this place. But we're here today, God. We're here. We're here because you matter. So God, help us. Help us to make you the main thing in our lives. Not just today, not just for an hour on Sunday mornings, but for every hour, every day of this new year. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, it's Adam again, and thank you for listening to this episode of our sermon podcast. And as you listened, I hope you could see the difference between making your life better and making your life matter. And I hope that you're committed to making your life matter this year by making God the main thing in your life. In our next episode, we're going to start talking about what it looks like to make God the main thing in your life. So we hope to have you back with us next week when that episode drops. And in 2020, we're going to be releasing our episodes on a different schedule. Instead of making you wait all the way till Tuesday, we're going to be releasing our episodes on Sundays, the same day that each sermon is preached. And if you subscribe to our podcast, it'll be sent straight to your favorite podcasting app. And while you're in that app, let me ask you to do us a favor. Leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. Your review means a lot, and they can help get the word out about our podcast to other people. Now, I hope that your new year is off to a great start. I'm going to be praying for you guys this week, and we'll see you back here next Sunday for another sermon podcast.